I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day four, spring football 2022. Absolutely gorgeous day out at Husky Stadium. A little bit windy, a little bit nippy, but uh, really nice out. And for those out of town, temperatures expected in the Seattle area tomorrow, 70 degrees. So it'll be a nice day out tomorrow, but no practice. But um, day four, another day where, you know, they're just not letting us see a, uh, a whole lot out there. But, you know, we did take some notes on some things that we maybe that maybe caught our eye and you know Scott you mentioned early on you know just taking a look at the secondary yeah the secondary was a little they made a little bit of a change there not not you know a massive change or anything but um Jordan Perryman was running with the first unit along with Michelle Powell and then um Asa Turner and Alex Cook were the two uh safeties they weren't running with a husky most of the time well, the first group that came out, they ran like the jumbo, like the jumbo they did, set, like yeah. with Bob Gregory last year. They yeah. ran an extra defensive line, which was Void Tanufi today. And, and, and okay, Breckerfield yeah. um, on Monday said they're going to be running some over and under. They're going to be running a little bit of both. So I think you know, running a three D line set on first down could be end up being a very common. Yeah. Thing. So today the D linemen were Kuopehapa, Tuli, Letu Ligasanoa. Those are the two main guys who've been the, with the ones anyway. But Void Tanufi, who had been with the second unit, was actually running with the first unit. Don't mean so. to sound cynical, but a lot of the time when I'm seeing guys run with the ones and the twos and the difference with the quarterbacks and the running backs, got some guys are ones one day. Um, it just still feels like mm-hmm. a lot of feeling out that they're trying to do mixing and matching and see who plays together and trying to figure out packages. Well, this is their time. This is the time of the year when the coaches can experiment with different things. They can they can see who works better with who. They can see who handles things better and all that different stuff. The one thing is somebody on our message board asked in our in the uh, practice thread, because I haven't weighed in on why I think Camden Sermon's getting more reps or getting reps with the ones and why Dylan Morris is getting reps with the quarterbacks and the first unit when it seemed like they're... And I said, since we don't get to watch all of practice, I don't know if I can weigh in with any kind of certainty on why I think the players are getting the rotation they're getting. I think this is just how the coaches map it out. And that's who's running with who right well, now. Well, today's supposed to be the last day that they're well, all getting that's equal what reps, they, apparently. But that's what they said. Right. But that doesn't mean that when they go to the regular stuff, when we're not in there, that that uh, um, Sam Heward isn't getting first-team reps. We don't know. Scott, getting back to secondary, Jordan uh, Jordan Perryman, the transfer from UC Davis, um, he looks the part. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed much of him out there? What can you tell people about him? Well, I mean, he's long. He's put his he's really well put together, got good speed, um, and was a third team All American in the FCS. Now that's not Pac twelve level, but you know, he's one of the top six corners in the country for FCS. So. <clears throat> Um, I like him. I've, I've thought all along that it was going to be him and possibly either Jacoby Covington or Michelle Powell as your starting corners, and that still my mind hasn't changed on that. Um, I think those are kind of the guys that I think are going to be end up being your your corners. But uh, Elijah Jackson has also had a good and, and so Elijah Jackson. If we're talking about the second unit, Elijah Jackson and Jacoby Covington were your <clears throat> second unit cornerbacks. So. It, it, um... Perryman, his build reminds me of when Dominique Hampton showed up. Hampton's obviously put on a lot more weight, but body type of Dominique Hampton when he first showed up. Yes, long arms, uh, good speed, um, and and coverage ability. Yeah, I mean, he's 
I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy who got used at Husky every now and then, too. Yeah, and, you know, when we talk about the cor- the corners with, you know, uh, Perryman, Michelle Powell, Jacoby Covington. Elijah uh, Jackson. When we talk about those guys, those are all guys that are going to play a lot, especially, you know, when yep. they go to nickel and dime packages. Absolutely, yeah. And Devon Banks is also in there in the mix a little bit, and Dyson McCutcheon is also in there. Lots of different body types and sizes they're going to be able to use at those positions and guys with a lot of experience, too. You mentioned the linebacker position before we came on. What were you talking about, linebackers? Well, the linebackers, um, I hadn't noticed that Cam Bright was getting in there because he'd only been on campus for a couple days, so I didn't know he wasn't really running with the twos that I noticed. But today it was him and Drew Fowler as the two uh, middle linebackers today with the second unit. So Yeah, which was interesting because it's still Tupatala and, yeah. and Carson Bruner, which begs the question, where's Daniel, Daniel Hooley? What are they yeah. looking for in him? Because he has been running at times with different units, but yeah. again... wasn't today. It, it was a little mix and match there, um, but yet the safety seemed pretty aligned with what they've been doing. Definitely the offensive and defensive lines, if you take away that extra lineman... Um, those base packages have looked pretty similar, and especially like, you know, the other all the other base packages, especially on offense, look pretty set right now, at least in terms of the first four days. I didn't see a ton of changes. And, Chris, you mentioned earlier that, you know, uh, according to what Coach DeBoer has told us, you know, day four would be the last day of guys getting equal reps. And when we look at the quarterbacks, um, what are you expecting to see? What did you see today out of the quarterbacks, and what are you expecting to see on Friday? Well, I saw Dylan Morris get number one reps. So I did see that, um, as much as we could see some 11-on-11 stuff, which wasn't much. Um, you know, got to see Sam Heward get some reps in there behind him, which I expect, you know, like you said, if, if, if it's during the times that we don't see them play, then that's one thing. We can only go by what we've seen. And, um, you know, just at this point, it really just feels like they're just still just going against air. There really it has I have not seen a ton of real one on ones where it's the tight ends and the receivers going up against the linebackers and the DBs where the quarterbacks are going to have to find them down the field. I think I've, of all the periods that we've seen so far, I think I've seen one short period in the first four days. And so, I, the as far as the competition levels, it's very difficult to know exactly. Who's getting the better of him? Do you know anything more about the quarterback competition today than you did before spring ball started? Um, I will say this. I don't know any more day four than I knew day one. Or before day one started. Well, no, because I wanted to see Penix throw. I wanted to see all, you know, I wanted to see those guys go through it. But basically, we're, we're a week into it now, and I, don't, I haven't seen anything different from those three guys. Um, compared to what I've seen before, the only th- the only new thing today was that we saw an, an, another new quarterback, walk on quarterback, with uh, more family ties with uh, Andrew Sermon, which was kind of cool. From Bothell High School. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Jacob's brother and Camden's cousin. Got a running back back at practice today. Uh, who? Oh, you pulled a quick I, one on us. I don't know who. Didn't we see? Um, what's his name? Uh, I, I, now I'm spacing out on his I, name. I, Number 28. Sam, Sam Adams has always been He's been out there. He's, He's been had a yellow. penny on. He's been on yeah. yellow. Yeah. Was he yeah. participating a little bit more today? He got he got some receptions out of the backfield today, I saw. Um, I didn't. But he's been out there. Yeah, he has been out. I'm sorry, Kim. I, I really I wasn't. Sorry. Okay, I really wasn't trying to. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, you, know, you, yeah, you I was like, to something yeah, weird. Yeah, I didn't see that. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's been the same guys. Um 
you know, Camden Sermon with the ones, uh, Aaron Dumas and uh, Jamie on Sunday with the twos. Saw Sam Adams getting some reps in there, yes. Um, at getting the catch. The, one thing the quarterbacks were working on was getting the snap and immediately getting it to the running back out in the flat or wherever the, the route was going. So they're working a lot on the timing of things and how and the the deep, the offensive linemen were working on taking one, two and then going, you know, doing yeah. their doing their thing on those kind of things. So just working on the timings of different and, things. It was hard to see what Lee Marks was doing because he, yeah. he's kind of on the opposite side of the field with the running backs compared to where we are. Yeah. We get to see a lot more of offensive Jamarcus line, Shepard yeah. working with the receivers and Scott Huff working with the with the offensive line. Um, at least with Shepard and those guys, man, a lot of footwork stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of footwork stuff. Well, they, they do a drill with the offensive We're talking about offensive line here um, where they put the um, – where they put the um, – offensive linemen with their hands behind their back and they can't use their hands to block all right. they're all they're doing is using their feet and it's it's a footwork drill like right. you said so like they're really thing. trying to make sure that their feet are, are good and that they're getting in good position to block guys instead of just relying on their arms scott you've done a great job all spring about getting people worked up about camden sermon running with the first string running <laughs> yeah. backs can you please explain to people once and for all why he is running at running back. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Kim. I can't tell people why he's getting the reps and Aaron Dumas and JV on Sunday are not. I don't know why. All I can tell you is, like Kim has said, the room is very thin. And so there are different guys that than we are used to seeing getting reps at the run, in the running back room. Now, why a guy like Aaron Dumas who is an experienced running back, isn't getting reps with the first team, I will I tell not know. You, I will tell, tell you, you exactly why. Why? They don't want us to see it. Yeah, might not. I don't know. But we've seen other running backs get those turns. Yeah. We have. I mean, he's just literally, he is the first one that comes out. That room when, when you look at the ones. But, you know, it's it's not like it's any different when they're trying to get the ones for the other quarterbacks. You know, and again, if they don't want us to see something, that's fine. But I... I don't understand why that would make any difference. The only reason I thought it was curious, and again, I think it's interesting that Camden actually pushed for the the move instead of being asked to do it. I thought that was kind of interesting. Today we got a chance to talk to him. But, you know, it just, when I first, the very, very first impulse that I saw when I saw him line up, I was like, oh, they're just going to work on double passes now. Yeah. You know, this, they're going to work on something. This is, this is, this has trick play written all over it, but. Clearly, that's not the case. I asked him about running the Wildcat with him in there, and he said he ran it once last year, didn't he? Maybe. Might have. But, but again, Kim, this, and, and I don't want to jump too far ahead because we will be breaking down some of the, some of the recruiting stuff because there's been plenty of recruiting stuff the last 24 hours. But it just feels like the skill guys that they're getting on offense and the skill guys that they want to have in their offense – whether it, and, and, and we're talking about the guys that are already here, too. So they're, they're trying to piece together based on what was left in the cupboard. They really want to get guys that are equally adept at receiver and running back. Like, for instance, back in the day when Washington got a commitment from Kamari Pleasant. Well, when Kamari Pleasant was committed to Arizona State, they, he was telling us at the time that they really liked him as a receiver. Whereas Washington wanted him as a running back, and that's one of the main reasons why he committed to Washington in the first place. You look at the guys that, are, that they're coming in, whether it's high school commits, whether it's transfers, 
you look at all those guys, there might be one or two that are pigeonholed in very specific roles, like like a, a, a burly running back or a very specific type receiver, but they're also getting those con- those combo guys, those hybrid guys that are elusive and that they can put in the backfield just as easily as putting into the slot or out wide. And I think that's really interesting because I'm wondering how long it's going to take for all this to really take root offensively because the last staff, and it isn't their fault because they were recruiting to a wholly different system, but I really wonder how much it's going to take to really turn this thing over to get the skill guys that they want because this could take a little bit. Scott, you, before, again, before we got you know the recording going, you mentioned Voy Tanufi. You know, what were you talking about with Voy? Well, that he was playing with the threes. Or, I'm sorry, playing with the ones, the first unit. Um, he was the third defensive lineman. They're using him kind of as a five-tech, I think, or something like that. Yeah, but, we're talking to Breckfield yeah. yesterday. He really talked about his quickness and his get-off, his, his um, strike and everything else. He has to... The way Breckfield kind of termed it, because he's not the biggest defensive lineman yeah. out there, because was he 6'1", 280, 275? 275, yeah. He's got to use his quickness and his first step and get off to really create his advantage. And so his advantage is going to be a little bit more in the pass game and in pass rush, getting the quarterback or the ball carrier, than it is being a true run stopper like a Thule or a Quapehoba or like an, an MJ Ale. You know, so he's he's built a little different. Obviously, he's going to get upfield a little bit more. So to have him kind of spread out a little bit more, whether it's that maybe as a defensive end, five technique, whatever you want to call that, um, that's not surprising to me, especially in a three defensive line front. We haven't seen any scrimmaging at all. We haven't seen any live contact at all. So just one guy. Just has MJ Ale caught your eye at all? No, no, not at no. all. No, but I mean, he was in there. Yeah, um, but, with the se- with yeah. the second unit on the when they went jumbo. Yeah, um, he he was in there, but he has not done anything. I'm not saying he's not playing well. I'm just saying he hadn't done anything in the time we've well, been. Well, and again, this was the shirts and shorts practice. This was you know well, they, they were in light bulbs, they, light bulbs. Yeah, had, so that, so but it wasn't full pads. And when you're not in full pads yet, we have. It's, He's it's the guy that we need to see in contact. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean before That's, we make yeah. any evaluation whatsoever, same goes and we're probably line. not going to see it. So. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm hoping on Friday is when they go full pads. That's it's, at least that. Well, when they it will, be. but we're not going to see any. I mean, if things hold true, we're not going to see anything. So. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, some recruits here today, Scott. Yeah, well, uh, the main well, there Renton High School was all in town. Are not all of them, I guess. But they had half their team half here their the team other day and on half Monday today. and half today. And uh, but the big guy was Jabari Johnson, the Tacoma quarterback um, from Lincoln High School. Um, he was up saying how much. Just kind of told me after practice that he was he liked what he saw. It was he was having fun with, with it. And um, Coach Sheridan went up and uh, gave him a hug and everything like that. So yeah, it was. He was he was the guy that um, I was focused on. There was also is it Austin Dismas? I can't remember the name. Um, 
how, how you say his name, but he was here too. He was talking to Sheridan a little bit. He's a tight Yeah, end. there was a kid up uh, Tucker Ashcraft. Yeah, Tucker Ashcraft is another one. Who's Tucker was, Ashcraft, by the way? Do you know? I, I don't. I don't know it off the top of my head. So, right. uh, any other uh, recruits there that you? No, up on? no, not not right now. No, okay. there there's some scheduled for Friday, I think, and some scheduled for over the weekend. It's so. been a busy couple of days with recruiting with three commits, two are transfers, and Keith Reynolds out of uh, SoCal. Yeah, let's talk about Keith Reynolds first. He's the he's the uh, he's out of um, Adelanto, I think, high school down in uh, California. He's been at a couple high schools, hasn't he, Scott? No, I thought no. he's been at a couple. He told me that he he was like I haven't been. He goes, I asked him, and he said Adelanto is the only place he's been. Okay, so. Um, not a very big kid. He's listed at 5'10". I don't think he's 5'10". I think he's probably like 5'8". Um, and like 170 pounds. Um, he said he's going to come in and play a little bit of running back, but mostly slot. Um, they like him as a slot wide receiver, but the guy that can move out and they can use him in different ways, fly sweeps, all that different stuff. Um, played quarterback, running back, wide receiver, safety, kick, and punt returner. So he barely left the field for Adelanto last year. Um... You know, we only had seven game stats from him, but he had over a thousand yards in those seven games of combined offense and defense, and um, just a good looking athlete. Um, real sudden, um, can has great explosiveness, and Washington was his main offer. But Arizona State, Colorado State, um, Grambling, and Idaho State were his offers. So. He seems like one of those guys now that he's committed to Washington. The typical thing that happens. It might blow up a little oh, bit. They're going to have to maintain yeah. that guy yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to see things pick up for him. Because this is just the natural tendency for mm-hmm. recruiting. When a guy commits to a school like Washington, it doesn't have to be just Washington. It could be any Pac-12 school or any Power 5 school. All of a sudden, they're on the radar. Mm-hmm. And so once you're on the radar, that's what piques yeah. the other school's attention. And they're like, did we miss something here? Did we not? Did we skip a step? Did we... Why did we overlook this guy? And so that's that's when the other schools will start start doing their due diligence. So something new happened today. We had a first for no. Just yeah, before today. we get there, I just wanted okay. to chime in on uh, Reynolds. Um, just some of the scouts I talked to. Uh-huh. You know, just some of the comments I got from them was he plays basketball as well and mm-hmm. he dunks in games. So that's okay. an indication of the explosiveness. Yeah, he uh, said he averaged. Um, like 19 points a game or something like that. Yeah, comparisons, you know, where I was talking to some guys, Chico McClatcher, and they said no, probably closer to Jadon Mickens. Okay. Uh, you know, um, reminds him of Marvin Hall a lot, and those guys both in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing I saw was the guy told me he wears a size 12 shoe. Mm-hmm. So when you're his size, but you have a tw- size 12 shoe, it's a good indication you're maybe not done growing yet. Maybe. Yeah, and I'm wondering, he could end up being what Chico could have been if Chico hadn't been moved to running back at Federal Way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I saw Chico, he was, ran that four three five before he went to ninth grade at Federal Way. He was built to be that slot receiver type. And then because of needs at Federal Way, they bulked him up, they got him bigger. And so I'm wondering since, because you look at, you look at some of Keith Reynolds' tape, his he plays quarterback sometimes too, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was really really interesting. And so obviously I don't think that's a guy that they're going to bulk up and make bigger, faster, stronger, all that stuff to to fit a certain role. But what I wonder, guys, is that you look at you look at Reynolds, you look at Tybo Rogers, you're looking at Tybo Rogers, a little bit bigger guy, probably a little <laughs> bit more in that running back mold. Are they getting these guys so that when they mold them a certain way at Washington? 
do they want to become? Because I'm looking at Fresno State's skill guys. I'm looking at Jalen Cropper. I'm looking at Ronnie Rivers. I'm looking. Do any of these guys? Do you are you seeing the template where all of a sudden they can turn them into those types of players? Because it feels like they would be recruiting to find the next Jalen Cropper, to find the next Ronnie Rivers. Not necessarily, but I, who am I? I don't know. But I haven't seen a, the guy that fits those molds yet. But it seems like they're looking yeah. for those those Swiss Army knife type yeah. guys where they can put him in the backfield, they can put him yeah, in the slot, exactly. they can put him out wide, and they don't even with their running backs. It almost feels like you know just, and I'm talking about just based on the recruiting that they're doing to date, because the next guy that we're going to be talking about, the guy mm-hmm. that you mentioned, started to mention, that guy's getting recruited as a running back and a receiver as well. Well, actually, we're not going to talk about him, but we're going to talk about the transfer coming in from West Virginia via no, Hawaii. Virginia. Just I, Virginia. I thought it was West Virginia. Just Virginia. No, it's just Virginia. Just Virginia. Uh, but uh, via Hawaii, but uh, mm-hmm. doesn't look to have a big speed, but just a red zone monster. Yeah. Wayne Talapapa. Um, do you, remember, he, do you yeah. remember him when he's been recruited? Absolutely not. Nope. Okay. He was in no, Punahou. Washington wasn't in on a lot of the Hawaii guys back then. and No, I don't remember him but, being But recruited. based on the recruiting, it looked like Virginia was maybe by maybe one of his better offers mm-hmm. by a distance. And he was a, he was a four-year player. And, and Virginia's had a couple players from Hawaii go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a bit of a connection because... Uh, Bronco Mendenhall was the coach, mm-hmm. and there's the LDS yep. connection as well. Mm-hmm. So they they had a bunch of a well, bunch of connections still there. The coach there. No, no, no. But at then, the time, yeah. he was being mm-hmm. recruited because we're, when we're talking about Talapapa, we're talking about a guy who's going to have one year. Yep. he's going to be a grad guy. One one year of eligibility, yes. and he all indications look like he's a red zone third down guy. Yes, he he to me, I was looking at Cyrus Habibilikio, the yeah, kid from that's Oregon. That's a great com- comparison. I think. Um, he there went was to uh, Milliken, one. right? He was a Milliken. I guy, can't remember. He? I can't. Remember. Yeah. I just remember that every time you would, you looked at a situation where it'd be like, okay, Oregon, this would be a great power mm-hmm. situation for them. They would bring him in, and he would be a red zone third down type guy. I see that a lot with Telepapa. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting too because you know he's a guy that was a captain for Virginia last year. So I'm kind Cam of wondering. Wright was a captain. Bright, I'm yeah. wondering if this was. One of those short-term deals where they really wanted to find some leadership in that room because that room is going to still be very young, the running back room. Mm-hmm. Because you know you lose your seniors, you lost Sean McGrew, you lost Kamari Pleasant. Now all of a sudden Richard Newton is the top, the most experienced guy by a bit, and Cam Davis is obviously coming into his own. But you've got it's still relatively young in that group, and I think they want to find a guy or two that can really be um, leading that group by example. Because I think one of the things that I've noticed, guys, just in general, is that these coaches really want the players to take responsibility and ownership for what's going on. And talking to Devin Culp, he really felt like, starting with Ron McKeefrey in the offseason, McKeefrey wasn't one of those guys that just laid it on him and was harping him all the time. He wanted to coach the leaders of the position groups so that they would take it upon themselves to you know, make sure the rest of the guys in their group were holding their own. When you're talking about taking a guy from uh, Virginia, v- Virginia is a high academic school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people compare it to Stanford, but the East Coast version of Stanford. But uh, team captain, high academic guy, which probably means high character guy. So he seems to be a good fit, especially with the the uh, lack of depth at running back right now. But. You know, with what they're doing, it sure makes it interesting, you know, what's that transfer portal going to look like next Well, the month? irony was is that when I watched some of his film, 
um, he seemed to be the kind of guy that you would have thought would have would have been the kind of running back that Keith Bonifal would have targeted. This would have been a guy that would have been a perfect fit in the system that they were running the last two years. He was a guy that, again, will make most of his hate between the tackles, is, is playing behind his pads, will push the pile, will um, give max effort, will be a bull in there, and he'll carry guys. And But yet they, it feels like they've got a ton of big guys in this group, but only every once in a while do you see that real physicality show up. We've seen it a couple times with Cam Davis. He's moved some piles, mm-hmm. and it's really... You know, it's been noticeable when he's done it, and Newton has done it a couple times. But you just don't see that that continual max effort. Mm-hmm. You see every once in a while they do it, and then they get stuck, or they try to do something and get bounced. So when I look at a guy like Wayne Talapapa, I see a guy that would have fit perfectly not only in, in I think what they're going to try to do with him this year, but I think he would have fit perfectly into what they did last year too. Another commit uh, announced today, because I think this commitment actually happened a couple of days ago, and they wanted to kind of space it out a a little bit and not have them all at the same time. But uh, Will Nixon out of Nebraska, dad, former offensive coordinator at Baylor, uh, is with the Carolina Panthers now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, football family. But uh, uh, you had a chance to talk to Will, Scott. Yeah, well, first of all, what we were talking about, first time that we've ever had a coach woof in the middle of practice that was new yeah it was kind of new for us um and then that was at nine forty that that came down and then the announcement happened like right about 10 o'clock uh will nixon no it was more like 10 30 10 20 oh, it was yeah okay i thought it, it was, was a lot closer to when we went back out okay yeah well anyway whenever it was he uh um he made his announcement i did get a chance to talk to him washington is bringing him in as a running back they are not bringing him in as a wide receiver. Now, he will play some slot, and he will play some wide out. But he said, I am being brought in as a running back. And he did both. He's from Waco, yeah. so I don't know if he knows JB on Sunday that well because I think they yeah. went to different schools. Mm-hmm. But, again, yeah, it's interesting that, yeah. um, you know, here's a guy that was playing receiver at Nebraska, mm-hmm. yet he's coming in, and he was a dual-threat yeah. guy at in Waco. So. This is not a situation that's wholly unfamiliar with him. Yep. I thought the other interesting part, too, was that even though he's brought, being brought in as both, he was recruited by Jamarcus Shepard to Purdue. Yes. He had a Purdue offer out of high school. Yep. So I thought that was interesting. That's why I would have thought maybe Shepard was like, hey, I know this guy. I wanted mm-hmm. this guy. Let's get this guy because I want him in my so- group. Well, it's kind of funny. You're getting a transfer wide receiver from uh, Nebraska. I'm scheduled to play golf tomorrow with... At one time, the all-time leading receiver at Nebraska, Hall of Fame member at University of Nebraska, I'm actually playing golf with John Bostick tomorrow. Oh, okay. Remember? T- yeah, so I, I used do. to give him a hard time. All-time leading receiver at Nebraska with th- uh, three catches. So, yeah. John, if you're listening to this. Well, who's the him. greatest receiver to ever come out of Nebraska? He was taken number one in the overall in the NFL draft. Can't remember. Irving Fryer. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, as far as back to Nixon real quick, he um, had offers from – Washington, obviously. He also had one from Purdue, Purdue, which they just re-upped his offer. He had Colorado and Rutgers, and he said he had 10 other non-Power 5 schools that offered as well. And then um, he, in addition to Washington, which he visited, I think, back in early February, maybe? I can't remember exactly. Uh, Yeah, you talked to him. I think it was about a month ago. Yeah, and then um, he said he also visited Rutgers in Colorado. 
So I'll have a full write up. He told he talked to me and and gave me a bunch of. But stuff. it's clear the main thing that was really hamstringing him at Nebraska was that he was hurt. Yeah. So getting him to see how healthy he is, it's kind of like, um, uh, oh, who was the who was the? It's like Penix mm-hmm. a little bit. You you see the athlete there. You see the potential. You know it's there. You've seen it on tape in other forms, in other places. Can he put it together once he becomes yeah. 100% healthy? And by all accounts, it sounds like he's back to 100%. So we'll see. Yeah, a uh, couple notes on basketball. Just uh, keep your eyes on the transfer portal. Some real interesting stuff going on uh, at Washington. I know that, I can't remember his last name, but Fardaz is... Uh, AMAC. Yeah, he's the uh, center from Utah Valley State. And I keep on calling him Fardog, D-A-W-G-S. I know that's not his name. but Fardogs, Amac. Yeah, Fardogs. But um, he's probably the number one recruit in the transfer portal right now. And um, we're For Washington, not overall. Yeah, we're hearing that he is going to be on campus this week. Also, uh, another potential is uh, Isaiah Cottrell from West Virginia, 6'11", 245, another big. Uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, Frank uh, Kepnang, Kepnang uh, from Oregon, uh, big guy uh, on that roster, more of a defensive rebounder, shot blocker type, not a real offensive game with him. But I know that he's going to be uh, getting some interest from Washington, and those are the three bigs that I think you'll see get interest from Washington. And then the one that we've been hearing about for quite some time, uh, Noah Williams, uh, has entered the transfer portal from Washington State. He is from O'Day. He knows all the guys at Washington. Uh, he would be a great fit for the zone here. But uh, keep an eye on Noah Williams, uh, you know, in in the transfer portal. And uh, you know, if he does visit Washington or commits, we can go into depth on some of the issues that were happening back at um, Washington State. But uh, just in a nutshell, he tried to get into a bar with a fake ID. And uh, there was a scuffle that ensued, and he was suspended for disciplinary actions. And then the tape came out that uh, he really wasn't the aggressor. It was the bouncer. Um, So he was kind of exonerated for that, but uh, left a bad taste in his mouth with everything that was going on at Washington State. Like, he didn't believe him, so uh, he's entered the transfer portal. So keep an eye on Noah Williams. And I I actually liked him quite a bit as a wide receiver in football. Do you remember him as a wide receiver at O'Day? I do not. Well, they throw the ball so much there, you know. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Hardly at all. But Paulo Banjero was a quarterback, too, at one time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ninth grade quarterback. Yeah. But Terrence Williams was a pretty good player at Ranger Beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Josh Williams played left tackle. There you go. At Kentwood. Sure. But uh, anyways, uh, just anything to wrap it up with, Chris? Any last-minute things? No, just a lot going on. Again, you know, if it's not if it's not what's happening on the field, it's what's happening in recruiting. Uh, the staff's keeping us on our toes, and uh, it's good. We talked to a bunch of guys today, uh, including Coach Saradin and his family was out today. So, uh, got to see his, his his little boy play with Mike Penix, which was kind of funny. I know um, his, his son is uh, all about the all about the 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 energy and I'll tell you what that, his son is built like he's going to be a lineman man. He yeah. is a big boy. Yeah, even though he's what maybe two, three and a half. Oh, three and a half. half. Yeah, he's he, he's a pretty funny kid. And then um, but just talked to Devin Cole. Had some good stuff with Devin. Uh, you guys talked to Camden Sermon. Um, also, like again, uh, Coach Sheridan. I uh, talked to Jalen Polk, and there was maybe one or two other people that we talked to. So Scott Uff, yep. talked to him. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, a lot of good stuff. So we'll have in the next day or two, we'll have a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up. Scott? 
uh, yeah, I mean, not a lot to take from practice just because we don't get to see that much. But uh, fun talking to the coaches afterwards. This, I, I so missed the gaggles that we were that we're able to do now that over the last two years that yeah. we weren't able to do. We can get so much more information for you guys and do so much more content for you, and that's always fun. I'm hoping that eventually we get to watch practices at some point and see where things are going and and so we can maybe make a little bit more assessment for you guys but at this point we're not going to be able to give you much from practice but we can give you a lot of what the thoughts are so savelle smalls uh putting in the work after practice again sam and he was with uh jake jennings yeah looked like he was showing jake jennings how to do some some yeah rip moves and some uh, swim moves yep. and some other stuff. Sam out late. Penix was over on the side talking to the coaches. Some Dylan the receivers. Morris. Dylan Morris was yeah. with Aaron Dumas. Yeah. They were hashing some things out. So. Yeah. So guys yeah. staying late. Yep. Always good to see. Not a bad thing to see. All no. right. Uh, there was also something in the corner by the tunnel. There was a, there was a banner, and it said TNT, and it had a whole bunch of words. And we're still t- trying to figure we're it out. We're still trying to figure it out because guys would come up to it, and they'd touch it, and then they go do their thing. I don't. I don't know if it's their new. It's their new acronym for this year. If TNT is because they have been talking about explosive offense and everything else. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe look for more on TNT. Dynamite. Yeah, looking forward to Friday to see what we see. The weather's again supposed to be in the seventies tomorrow, but it's supposed to rain on Friday again. Yeah. So it's supposed um, to be back down in the thirties. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated. It's been a busy week so far. Mm-hmm. Monday, yesterday, and today have all been really, really busy. So we've got a lot of work to do. So just keep it here at Dogman.com. And if your friends aren't subscribers, tell them to subscribe. So, anyways, uh, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells, along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs.